0: Engine, a BFRB podcast. Uh, hello, welcome back. Uh, thank you all again for joining another episode today.
1: We're really excited to have a special guest joining us, Morgan, who we actually met through Instagram on our newly launched page. Morgan reached out after we put out a, a call on our story for suggestions for the show and um, we're really stoked that she's joining us to be a guest today. So, Morgan, do you want to tell us a
2: little bit about your about your Instagram page? Yes, Adele. Thank you for um, you and Jason for allowing me to come on today. My Instagram page is derm. and this page is a little more than you know, being a safe place for dermatillomania. Um. My past with Durham has been briefly, um, horrific. And in that time, I'm blessed with a little bit of trick and just to have a safe space to connect with people from all over the world is a blessing.
0: Um, it's. Really good Morgan I after we chatted on Tuesday, I like went through and read every single post. Um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, I, I guess just sharing every day and um i I was wondering if if we could even just hear your story. um I think the post is from December fifteenth
2: yeah,, oh. so as a child. Um, As early as I can remember, I started um, my derm, and it wasn't until ninth grade until I found out that my scratching actually had a name to it. And, of course, this information harmed me rather than helped me. But, you know, our parents don't really understand what we're going through. And I got punished, screamed, and I got yelled at, and and a lot of bad things just around the house. And then, obviously, I pleaded for help and eventually had to go away for six days. And after that, I became more vulnerable and more self-aware and more, I guess... defeat it because I realized that I had to surrender and become one with them before I could actually preach it to the world that, you know, it's going to be okay rather than, you know, it's not the end of the world. So after, you know, two years of isolation from everybody, in itself which I do regret but you know you can't take back your regrets so now I'm here speaking for young adolescents and kids and hopefully I will become a better advocate than what I am now in the future and I am going to start a, a project donation which is called tri- uh, Hats for tri- for Cats, which cats is spelled with a K rather than a C. It stands for, it's an acronym that stands for Kids and Teens with Trick. And these knit hats will go to these kids with trick for no cost. So hopefully I can branch out on that as well as my Instagram page and hopefully TLC will help me with my support group in Louisiana.
0: Oh
2: mm. well, I saw the, that post and I also
1: noticed that there was I think one of your stories involved knitting. So are you planning to knit these hats yourself?
2: Yes, my oh one of my relatives recently just bought me a hat loom. I just finished my steering wheel cover which I'm so excited to test out whenever I go on the road. (laughs) That's such a great idea.
0: Like a knit?
2: Yeah, it's a scarf and then all you have to do is put it over your steering wheel and tie it so it doesn't like slide and causes you to not turn and get in a wreck. But (laughs) it's supposed to help me you know, if I decide that you know, I need to scratch on the road. Hopefully, it'll help me. Rather than just one piece of string, I have like tens of thousand strings.
1: Morgan, when you first reached out, I didn't really know who to expect because your Instagram page—I mean, it—there uh, aren't any photos of you or anything. And then I was really surprised that you're—you're you're very young. Do you want to share a little bit about what you're doing right now? You're in high school, right?
2: Yes, Adele. I am a senior in high school. I am graduating in May of this year and hopefully going to college. But while pursuing a career in college or or a tech, a technical college, I am going to continue, you know, hopefully this project donation project can start to kick up and I'll have my support groups by then and hopefully be doing a lot more volunteer work with TLC. I am 17 and I hope this and this podcast today inspires a lot of young people that it's okay to not, you know, not be okay. But there is other ways to, you know, help others that are not okay as well
0: Uh, well i can say as I, i i think i'm still a young person but i'm definitely inspired by you morgan so uh again thank you for um i don't know just yeah pushing volunteering advocating i i wanted to ask you you said you regretted your isolation um what like what do you what do you mean by that do you want to talk a little bit more about what you regretted
2: Yes, Jason, um, I did cut myself before I went away for six days, which I do regret every day because I did plead. And, you know, it's not, it's okay to know that it's not okay. But when you really need help, I guess you have to do whatever it takes to get that help. And then after I got out, I started my isolation for two years, which I missed out on high school, my sophomore and junior dances and football games and whatnot. So I guess looking back now, I wish it could took a different path because, you know, high school, it's not all that magical, but, you know, you have those magical moments (laughs)
0: The decision to isolate was just you didn't want you didn't know how to tell your your friends or what.
2: It wasn't about telling my friends exactly. It was like everybody knew, and everybody start. You know, it's you know as a kid I used to hide it, but when high school came, it was less hideable. I would like to say. And everybody noticed. And after I got out, I just stopped going places like it was not a choice that I made. It was just, I didn't want to be around people.
1: You mentioned that your parents didn't really understand what you were going through. Is that something that you think they've learned over time? Like oh, when you were isolated from your peers, were you uh, home with your family? and
2: Well, I did spend a lot of time, time in my house and in my room. The most understanding person is my mother, but me and my father are still on rough patches every now and then. But the topic of derm is like, slightly to sell them down. so but without them our our relationship is still patchy and rocky wow that would be really challenging
1: to to not be able to talk about this
0: yeah um yeah morgan i can definitely uh empathize and relate uh like when people started noticing my hands i um It took uh, uh, so much to, I I think, yeah, just uh, be around people. And I'd have all these excuses of, oh, like, I, um, you know, I accidentally cut myself cooking or, um, you know, oh, the skin's really dry. I felt like I just this, like, long list of excuses that I knew, like I could see in the other people's eyes that, um, you know, they didn't really believe me and I didn't believe myself. I also, I I guess I wasn't like strong enough to admit that either. Um, And yeah, I mean, with with my parents, I think that's still, uh, we sort of talked about it in a previous episode of Dell, but I think I'm still, um, I don't really quite fully know how to have that conversation. Um, Yeah, but
2: yeah, I don't know, it's hard. And Jason, to go back to what you were saying that you uh, binge read all my posts, that is yep. no um, cliche that is all from myself i did not look up ideas except probably one i don't like using other people's ideas every day nor do i like using the same background right for those for people who haven't seen your page yet there's
1: um just like different images with inspirational quotes on top of them, right? That's sort of the the format that you use? Yeah,
2: inspiration, Mm -hmm. I guess. And, you know, some have captions to elaborate on the meaning of it, and then some have descriptions. It just depends on which one you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And what made you want to start the page? Well... I was on the TLC telethon and, you know, I didn't want to put myself too much out there because I thought it was going to backfire. but, you know, some, some people on there encouraged me, you know, if you don't take a leap of faith, how will you know that you will ever succeed? So to say, to sum it up, I just pushed myself off the cliff and hope for the best. And here I am now. If I never took that leap of faith back in December, I wouldn't be here. And I'm glad I did because I have helped so many people out from all over the U.S., from Germany to Scotland and even the U.K. I am not fluent in Mexico yet. Mexican, so Spanish, so that will venture out later on in life, hopefully.
0: You thought it was going to backfire.
2: Yes, I did because you know I tried to read Angela's heart dermatilia dermatillomania book diary, and it did backfire, and we think it did lead for me leaving. So, you know, I was very cautious about it and I didn't want, you know, to expose myself to dangers outside. But, you know, that leap of faith, you just have to trust your gut and go with it.
0: Mm. Um, You, like, you felt like you isolated for uh, two years in your in your, sorry, freshman and junior of high school. And it, like, d- did you, um, what was that like the first few times you, you kind of came out of that isolation? Was it a similar feeling?
2: Sophomore and junior year was not that rough, but not having a lot of friends and not going out and, you know, being isolated. It just gave me time to self-reflect. And then, of course... I think the push for of getting um, a car and being able to drive just led me to, you know, go into youth gatherings, and then I started to go every week, and then I just came out of isolation. It didn't feel anything like, you know, before isolation or after. It just felt normal.
1: I thought there was something really interesting you said when you were introducing yourself about the fact that you discovered dermatillomania has a name and then you found it harmful. Um, Like you were saying that you found it more harmful than, than helpful. I was just wondering if you could talk a bit more about that because for me, it was actually the opposite. When I discovered it had a name, it was like, oh, it's a real thing that other people experience. What was it like for you?
2: Well, I was very young. I was 14 at the time. And I was seeing a psychologist probably every week or every two weeks. And she's like, let's try some, uh, con- cognitive behavioral therapy, which is CBT. And you no, know, I'm like, I'm I'm not sure if I want to do this. So I did some research and I found... You know, I did deeper research, and I found, you know, the term dermatillomania. And I'm like, I have this. And for so long, you know, I couldn't explain why, you know, from screaming to yelling to punishment. I couldn't explain why this was happening. And, you know, being at such a young age sometimes can be more harmful than helpful because you know you're so young and you don't need to know all this stuff. You have to put it down gentle so you, you know you don't scare away other people whenever you're talking to them because as a young person you really don't need to know all this. I could probably if, if it was gently put down I, pro- I was I would probably have a better past than what I do, but you know, it, it happens. There's a reason for everything. Do you
0: do you feel like um, you said you can talk about it with your mom now? Uh, is it is it something that um, you can it, it, like? Yeah, it just happens naturally in the conversation, or is it still a topic you kind of avoid?
2: I do avoid it, obviously, because I'm still young, and, you know, I try my best to do what I can do. And when it gets out of control, I try to avoid the topic. Even with my mom, it's not natural, but it does it sort of natural in a way but with my dad's like so it's still a topic that we try to avoid talking about um so one thing that jason and i were talking about actually a bit earlier today was how
1: some people listening to this podcast might have might just be looking for ideas of things that they could try that would that would help them and so i was wondering if you've found any Coping mechanisms, or like things that you've experienced that you've actually found really helpful with, with during coping. Like I was wondering if knitting might be one because I've always had this theory that knitting might help.
2: Um, to be honest with you, Adele, um, I don't really have any normal coping mechanisms. My main coping mechanism is sleep because when you sleep, you avoid everything, but I do have, like, stress balls, and putty, and a sponge, and I do ceramics with air dry clay, um, I'm currently looking, researching on colleges, and with this donation project, and taking up knitting, it's really relaxing, but I want to say if you have not, you know, knitting can be a little bit dangerous because the tool that you knit with is sort of a tool that you can pick with. So if you're not okay with being, you know, one with yourself for a little while and compromising, I would say knitting is not the right tool that you could use that's a really good point i hadn't
0: thought about that morgan one of your one of your posts i think it was the only one that i saw where you drew it yourself and it wasn't just a quote um it was where uh two people didn't see eye to eye um what, what do you feel like you don't see or do you know what the post i'm talking about is
2: yes I actually did draw that Jason it is um traced yeah I did trace it and then I do oil pastel and a lot of artsy terms that y'all probably wouldn't know of but oil pastel is like a hard crayon that you just take a blender to and it takes a long time to blend and it's time consuming and if you don't have the patience for it. You can get really aggravated at it because it won't blend properly. There is chalk pastel. It's like chalk that you draw on the cement, but it's, it's like a two-year-old did it. So it's, a, it's hard to decide when I'm doing a piece if I want to take time and do it to make it look nice or do I want, do I want the easy way out and make it look like a two-year-old did it
0: (laughs) well it looks great what i wanted to ask was like what what do you feel like you don't see eye to eye with people on like what what was inspiring you when you when you made that post
2: you know i was just watching netflix and like i just wanted draw, so I, I, i don't know what came upon me i'm just drawing two people and then next thing you know i'm um, blending, like, you know, one, one person is supposed to be, like, your warm colors, and then the other person's supposed to be your cool colors, because your blues, and your greens, and your purples are your cool colors, and then your red, and orange, and yellows are obviously your loud colors, and I did learn that in art, so I do learn something in school with this corona, (laughs) but, um, you know not everybody sees eye to eye even with normal day problems but with a community especially like Durham or trick is very hard to see eye to eye with everybody especially if you know you had a blood bath the night before work and then you come into work and everybody axes you and it blows up in your face you don't really want to talk about it and everybody's like yeah, we want to know, we want to know. And you're like, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. And, and it's just those common misconceptions with life. And, you know, RBFRB.
0: Whenever I had that, I felt like I needed to like, like prepare, um, I don't know, just like prepare myself for oh, okay, everyone's going to ask about this and I'm going to need to come up with a plausible story that I'm okay saying. Um and yeah, I don't know. It's just um I guess from that I there sometimes I got this like filter or this like radar sense of here are people who I could say and they might understand um and there's another group of people who are just like oh i kind of like don't want to waste my time with them um do you, i don't know do you either know do you, either of you know what i'm talking about
2: mm-hmm.
1: like where is your like the effort of disclose disclosing information about your experience and like whether to like who to tell the truth to is that what you mean
0: yeah, I'm almost thinking like, um, like Morgan, you were saying like, you have a hard time talking to your dad about it. And for me, I also have a hard time talking to my dad about it. Um, and I think it's, it's because like, he sort of I, I like, very simply, I could say like, he doesn't listen very well. Um, but I think he just sort of like, him he's uncomfortable when i talk to him about it so it's like i don't want to make him uncomfortable so i just like don't want it i like i that's why i don't want to have the conversations because he's uncomfortable and he doesn't listen and he sort of like um like like glosses over and like oh like you know you should just be doing this and it'll be fine and it's not an issue and then i'm like oh great i didn't feel great about the interaction yeah that's kind of why i don't want to share. Um...
2: It's not that he's uncomfortable about it. It's just that he doesn't understand. And, you know, it always ends up after we talk, it always, it used to always end up in like a bloodbath or me crying myself to sleep. And, you know, now I'm so resilient. I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it with you. Can we just like drop the subject? And if he won't, I will leave the room. Hmm
0: because he doesn't understand
2: yes he doesn't understand to a point where you know he'll go all out and me like he's more calm when he talks to me now but you know it's just that fact of not knowing what could happen scares me every day if the topic does come to light again and to go back to you know Everyday work and trying to find up with an excuse, the truth eventually has to come out. The truth is like a big secret. and That was my post like a couple of days ago. And when you were talking, Jason, I'm like, you know what? This is like a big secret we have. And it's hardly anybody knows. And then when that secret gets out, it's, it blows up in our face and it hurts us. But we have to come to terms and understand that, you know, it's not what other people think about us. We have to find the people that are like us.
1: Um, You mentioned you were talking about the situation where you might go into work and people are asking you about it. And maybe you don't want to answer, don't want to disclose, tell the story of what you're experiencing. Um, this is something that I think about often, wh- whether I want people to actually ask me about my experience or not. Like if they notice, I have trichotillomania, so if they noticed a, a bald spot on my head, do I want them to actually ask? And sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. I think it has a lot to do with how I'm feeling that day. But do you find that overall you you would prefer that people don't ask and you volunteer the information or do you sometimes like me kind of want people to to be curious but out of out of care like rather than um, judging?
2: Well to be honest with both of y'all, at first, before I went away for six days, I'm like, nobody needs to know whenever everybody some or somebody brings it up, don't talk about it, leave or just ignore them. and um. I was brought into a room with like probably seven people and broke down because they were asking about my scratching and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to tell them. But, you know, after, after I got back and after two years of isolation, it's like, you know, I'm confident that this will get better. There is hope for it. And now I am all about sharing and you know if somebody makes a rude comment i'm like apologize because it is something real and it is something that's hurtful to people and i don't want that for the younger generation to grow up into
0: you used an interesting word they real like what do you what's like what what would the opposite of that be
2: Well, the opposite of that would be that we can have a magic coat and just say, uh, or a magic cure and just say, poof, and and all our scabs and scars are gone. That would be amazing because, you know, the pressure of seeing your pictures and, you know, graduation, my parents are telling me that it needs to heal, and I'm like, don't heal by time I don't you know I can c- control it to a certain extent but you know some days it's uncontrollable
1: yeah I, re- I remember getting ready for prom and my and just buying a whole bunch of hair clips so that I could find a way to pin up my hair so that I so that I wouldn't be worried about it um, showing like there was no perfect way to do it because I had several bald bald spots but I remember that process of getting ready and thinking oh man like I'm just so envious of people who could just show up and whatever I'm sure they also work on their hair but (laughs) at least they could dance without like worrying about how it looks you know it's like a whole other layer of preparing yourself for the world um, and thinking about how other people are, are looking at you
0: I I think sometimes my mom would make this comment of like, well, like you have to stop scratching because uh, if you keep scratching, maybe, yeah, those scars will become permanent. Um, And I, I think hearing you talk about it, Morgan, I realized like that was hurtful for me to hear, but like the reason it was hurtful, it's almost because like, oh, that's the aspect that she's, like, concerned about. Like, the reason to stop is because in the future you might permanently have this scar. But for me, it's, like, no, like, the reason to stop is this, like, really painful and really frightening. Um, Like, I kind of don't care what I look like. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And it's kind of, like, frustrating that, uh, yeah, maybe my mom didn't understand that, that, That's why I want to stop. I don't want to stop for your reasons. I want to stop for my reasons.
2: I think parents, you know, they want the best for us. But, you know, when presented with a BFRB, it's not likely for all of us to know what it is. And they're scared. They don't know what to do. So they try their best. And it doesn't. Sometimes it ends up well, but most of the time it probably ends up terrible. And people just look back on their past saying, you know, what they regret in life and if we if parents knew how to deal with their kids with this that never done it before, I think, you know, less people say that and regret and have less regret on their childhood. Mm.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Morgan, about especially the aspect of not understanding and really trying their best. And I think part of like going back to the comment about, oh, you'll have scars later in life, I think underlying that comment is a confusion over the like what the decision to stop actually means and whether that decision is even. Like attainable and at where wherever you are, um, in your in your process. Like I think, sort of like a parallel to the oh, you know, you'll have a scar later on. Is once a one time a psychologist told me that if I didn't stop, then I would have white hair really early in life. It's like, well, you know, oh, so now you told me I'm gonna have white hair. Oh, now, okay, now I'm gonna stop. (laughs) it's, I think it, it's, um, it's a really, I personally don't find that helpful that like the promise of things getting worse being a reason to stop. But I think it comes from the, the the people's limited understanding and an idea that if you really wanted to stop, you could.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, to to both those points have either of you guys read um a curious incident of the dog in the Nighttime"?
2: no i have not now it makes me curious what the dog does in the night
0: (laughs) time well i I, yeah you should you should read it it's it's written from the perspective of this boy with autism and um just yeah kind of understanding his experience and um Uh, like seeing things from his perspective and his decision-making relative to his parents. Um, Yeah, I I was about to say more and spoiler alert, but honestly, I think you should should just read it. (laughs) Um, that, That process of understanding is, I think, yeah, really hard to get to. And like you said, like other people are just doing their best from their own experience experience or what makes sense to them. And I think like for, for us like providing a bit of that feedback of like, Oh, that's not very helpful to say. Um, like, like understanding is not something that just happens overnight. Like we have to work towards understanding as well. Um,
2: to be honest, I'm surprised that my understanding and my strength of isolation for two years is actually motivating me to now speak for what I stand for. And some people are like, how did you overcome it? I'm like, well, I'll let my body guide me through it. But I, there's so many things I can't explain. It's, so hard to put into words you know and you know it's different for everybody yeah so true Um, this reminds me of something that you,
1: that you said earlier which was when you decided or you became one with Durham I thought that was a really interesting way of putting it or you also said like become becoming one with yourself and um, is this Like, I'm just curious about what you mean by that.
2: Well, most people say in movies or TV shows that, you know, you have to become one with yourself. You have to find inter-peace. So instead of inter-peace, it's more like um, inter-understanding or inter, you know coming together wise. I'm, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. I can't think of a word, but it's inner. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to become one with your body and surrender to derm and, you know, meet it halfway at least. Meet it halfway inside your body and become one with your inner uh, meeting point. And, you know, I express that a lot because that's how it really came true to me in you know my eyes.
1: I'm trying to imagine what that means. Is that like on a day to day basis not so much fighting it but more more ob- observing or being curious? Is that what you mean by meet it halfway?
2: Well meeting it halfway I met mine more than halfway. I actually let it take over me. And then after a while of under... First, you have to surrender. And then after a while of understanding, you know, it gives you, you know, some sort of vibe. And then you move on to, you know, you you move on to the community and you know all these people with it. So now you're at peace with yourself. So it brings inner halfway point or in a total um, defeat.
0: Um, I, w- I was having a conversation with my friend and he was saying how, um, uh, well, like, it was, it's sort of around like mental health and shame. And uh, we, we talked about like, at what point do we feel the need to like share? Like for me, like at what point do I feel the need to share about my BFRB? And I I think in the past it was sharing like at a point of necessity. Like I I have to share it now because um, it's been so long and I can't not share. And it's like, like, I'm not happy about sharing, and I'm, like, sharing it, like, begrudgingly. Like, I'll do it if I have to, but I'm not happy about it. Um, but I I think that and, – and so that was probably my relationship with BFRB for so long until, really, I, I think, you know, just um, Adele talking to you about it and, like, changing my relationship and saying, like, you know, why – not not that I'm like happy to share or like excited to share about my BFRB, but like, like maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Like I'm I'm honestly with, through fidget. Like I'm like, oh, you know, I have this thing with a BFRB, and like I'm I'm learning so much. I'm meeting cool people like Morgan. Um, like I I am excited to have it as a part of my story now, and like recognize it's like like such a huge part of my life. Um, and so, you know, kind of strangers off the street, Adele, you'll say like, oh, on a first date, you know, you talk about your trick and like, um, I heard this quote that, uh, it, you should, uh, keep your shadows in front of you because they can only ever take you down from behind. Um, I, I think that's really cool. Like, you know, we have these dark sides of ourselves, but there's a lot of power there. Um, and. Um it's almost a shame to like keep it or for me, I like kept it so closeted and hidden for so long. I'm just like, again, just sharing my BFRB out of um, necessity. But now it's like, no, like, yeah, this is a huge part of my life. And, um, and yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> when I think there's a huge strength to deciding how the BFRB, like what, story it will become in your life like i think um when like i think the process the what you're creating morgan online and and helping other people you're taking this really challenging experience and turning it into something very beautiful like I, i think there's there's so much um positivity that you're that you're spreading and i think that's sort of how it feels with with fidget is that you know, taking this story that, like, in, in my past has been a source of shame and, and difficulty and, like, why me? Why is this experience happening? And then sort of choosing how it's going to play out in my life, even if, you know, on a day-to-day, I don't always feel that much power over whether I pull my hair or not. At least overall, I'm, like, using it for, as a force for good, I think, it, um, is very powerful.
2: Mean like we don't have anything else to do with our lives because we're quarantined. Yeah, <laughs> well that too. <laughs> so what better way to spend your time? You know, you have to pack up a hobby or two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so true. Yeah.
2: You're just coming
1: out of a of a quarantine now, aren't you? Is yesterday to is
2: actually day 10 I get to go back to school on Tuesday I can't believe oh, wow. I'm saying wow. that I'm excited to go back to school but I I really am yeah a long time 10 days stuck in this house is like 10 days binge watching Netflix and doing absolutely <laughs> nothing <laughs> are, you starting, are you starting a support group i feel like
1: doing nothing is is not is not actually
2: well <laughs> well um my coordinator amy at TLC was uh quite busy this week so we did not meet this week but yes i am in the TLC. is helping me start a support group it is in the works and i'm hopefully i'm aiming towards march Or the end of of February, as y'all all know, tomorrow is February 1st. So, I'll probably be more of March, but hopefully it'll be up in the next couple of months. Who knows, maybe someone listening is
1: in the geography of your upcoming support group. So, who is it for and how can they join if they're interested?
2: Um, Adele, that is a really good point. Um, Right now, it is still in the works. I haven't had gotten all the uh, Zoom details yet. And, you know, it's, like I said, it's probably going to be until March. But if they need to reach out to me, it's going to be Louisiana, B-F-R-B, at gmail.com. And you spell Louisiana by L O U. I-S-I-A-N-A B-F-R-B at gmail.com and that's all lowercase. And if you can't reach out there, you can always go to my Instagram capital H hope dot capital F four dot capital D there. And you can DM me and I'll listen to whatever you have to tell me because I will always be there for some of my edge struggling.
0: Yeah. And Morgan, thank you. Thank you for coming on to fidget (laughs) and um, yeah, sharing, blowing our minds as you, as you say, and uh, sharing your story. Um, I think maybe, maybe that's our episode. What do you, how do you feel Adele?
1: Yeah. Or Morgan, is there anything you would like to add that we haven't asked you about?
2: No, I mean, like, it was so wonderful to finally have something that is, um, one, interviewed because myself or the both accounts have never been interviewed before. So this is a really huge hit for all of us as one person, if you would like to say that. Um, and this. This is really good that it did not pan out like other opportunities have.
1: Yeah, we're really glad that we were able to, to connect and make this happen. And yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome work that you're doing. And also great to have, like, set from someone younger than us as well. Um, like, EFRBs affect people of all ages, and uh, it's really valuable to be able to.
2: I bet this. I bet me being younger than y'all inspires you to do even better. <laughs> That's for sure. Pressure's on.
0: Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for all those um, those helpful links, Morgan. We'll definitely um, keep an eye out for that Louisiana support group. As for us, um, I mean, same to all all our listeners. If if you want to get in touch, uh, we have a email account which is fidget at gmail.com we also have our instagram which is fidget podcast i think that's, that's right. it <laughs> um, i don't know how instagram works um apologies um and then also big huge thank you to um our logo cheyenne our illustrator um thank cheyenne you to Bootswar. cheyenne and thomas who has made our uh, our intro outro music so both uh, very grateful to those two friends uh for helping us with our project
1: very catchy yeah and if you are interested in joining us for a conversation being a guest that's how morgan uh ended up here is she reached out to us saying you know i should be on the podcast and i we totally agree so um we're hoping to just involve as many diverse voices as possible and just keep the conversation keeps going
0: yeah uh, okay cool well uh, until next time <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right take care okay bye